0: Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi,
1: I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
2: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revelle.
1: Drivers head to Abu Dhabi this Easter. Jamie Winkup wants to keep his best mate behind him. If
3: yeah, myself and my teammate can't win, I'll, I'll probably uh, go for the will to uh, start the
1: victory. And James Courtney becomes a race official.
0: I had a chat with Peter, Mr Wallerman before and, and um, he was laughing, he thought it was funny, he thought I was teasing him.
1: That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8
2: Insiders This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Jamie
1: Wincup has told the V8 Insiders that he is happy to have won half the championship races so far this year. In this week's White Flag Lap, you can hear his thoughts on his win so far and his thoughts on championship leader Will Davison. Craig Lowndes and Lee Holsworth have spent Easter in Abu Dhabi promoting the V8 supercars trip to the United Arab Emirates with the Formula One race in November. The two enjoyed some time driving on the Jebel Hefet Mountain Road, which extends for 11.7 kilometres, rising 1,219 metres, 21 corners on the three-lane highway. Lowndes took the team Vodafone Commodore up there whilst Holsworth had an Aston Martin. Could a New Zealand family stop the final event in Hamilton? The Waikato Times has reported that a local resident, Paul Smart, who made an arrangement with the former promoters of the event to give them a five-day holiday during the Waste Weekend as part of the resource consent agreement which got the race up, has failed to reach an agreement with V8 Supercars. Instead, V8 Supercars have offered six three-day passes, so the family have taken action in the New Zealand High Court. V8 Supercars are not concerned at this time, but the injunction could see the event shut down before wheels are turned for the final time. V8 Supercars have announced a change in the format for this year's Trading Post-Perth Challenge. Race 8 and 9 of the Championship will have two short qualifying sessions on Sunday morning. Race 8 qualifying will use hard tyres, whilst Race 9 qualifying using the softs. Teams will have to use both compounds during the race. Fabian Coulthard has taken two wins from three races, subbing in for fellow New Zealander Greg Murphy at the V8 Super Touring's second round. He will hope that the winning feeling can continue over in Hamilton. Reports are circulating that V8 supercars will announce a long-term deal with the Pukekohe circuit in New Zealand. The series, which wants to ensure a long-term home in the land of the long white cloud, will not comment on the speculation, but it is expected that announcement will be made during the final Hamilton event to reassure New Zealand fans that the series will return with the car of the future in 2012 and finally James Courtney has told the V8 Insiders about the new role he'll be playing as a driving standards observer
0: uh, yeah I've uh, been selected as uh Australasian representative along with Tim Shankin for the FIA doing um, um, some uh, driver standing stuff and, and what not with the World Touring Car Championships and maybe some other programs overseas so it's um, you know I'm honoured to, to to have it and, and um, I think it's going to be a uh, pretty good one to uh, learn a bit more of that side of the business so I've had a bit of experience in there unfortunately but uh to learn that side of the business and also go out and travel around and see some other series will be really good
1: what sort of briefing do they give you when you go into a role like that
0: uh it, it's only all just happened now so um, i'm sure over the next few weeks it will i'll get more and more information as to so what's going on but um at the moment i'm uh yeah just bright-eyed and and um pretty excited you're a busy man to start with,
1: and having to go all over the world for that series is going to make you even busier.
0: Yeah, it's a, but it's a great opportunity, I think, um, just to go out and, and also p- puts my face overseas again, because um, it's been a while since I've been there, so just you know, mixing, see a lot of old friends and, and things like that, so it's, uh, it's going to be good, um, and might open some doors for some other things in the future. Alan Jones does it in Formula One, and he said to me today, he, he's
1: not really sure if he's comfortable in that role. He's just so used to being on the other side of the table when it happens. Uh, now he's sitting there trying to make the rulings.
0: Yeah, it'd be a bit weird. I'm the one normally arguing with Thomas here, so uh, to be on the other end of the other end of it is going to be a bit strange. But um, I had a chat with Peter, Mr Wallerman before, and, and um, he was laughing. He thought it was funny. He thought I was teasing him. But, uh, but no, it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great, and if uh, I can get some experience doing that stuff, uh, when all this is over, maybe I can... Uh, do something like Thomas.
1: After the break, Tony Whitlock and Tom Worsley will join me to look at Nissan's launch and the Perth format changes when we return on the V8 Insiders.
2: News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au, or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
1: Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from race and auto facts, it's Tony Whitlock. Good evening, Tony. G'day. And from Tom Worsley Media, it's Tom Worsley. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, Craig. It's interesting times we're in because uh, finally the veil has been lifted and Nissan have launched their international car, which is the Nissan Altima, which of course hits the shores in Australia in 2013, just after it's hit the racetracks in Australia in 2013, as a car of the future prepared by the Kelly brothers. And uh, Tony, what's your feelings on what we're seeing with the way Nissan is going about their approach to their supercars?
4: Well, Nissan has a great history in motorsport, um, not only in this country, um, but obviously in Japan and, and Europe as well, with uh, Le Mans and other things. Choosing Kelly's was exactly the right thing in that they bought a whole one-stop one, or one stop shop for them. They got an engine shop, they got body shop, they got fabrication, a whole lot. So it was a great thing that Nissan did in choosing them. Um, the uh, the way in which Nissan has gone about it is certainly shows that they're fully committed to it. It's not a half ass sort of thing. It's um, They are totally... The interesting thing in, in choosing the Ultima, of course, is that it really isn't exactly a Commodore Falcon competitor in, in sales. That is, it will be probably in price, but in size, it's a fraction smaller. The interesting thing is going to be, I mean, we obviously haven't seen the tape measure yet or the, uh, the scales. Well, obviously, the cars will weigh the same, but in tape measure, it might be that it's that much smaller and maybe because it's a much more contemporary design than either of the other two, it'll be slippery through the air. The problem is going to be is getting the parity across the three makes.
1: And parity, Tom, is where this formula has been so successful over that last six, seven years.
5: Uh, Definitely, and I think it was the VE Commodore when it was introduced, they had to modify the size uh, compared to the road going Commodore just to uh, to meet the parity between it, its Ford rival and and the Commodore so I think as long as there is there as long as there is parity of uh, of some form in the v8 supercars we're going to see some really competitive uh, times ahead and I, I I'm nearly in a position where I'd rather see not total parity but having the Nissan a little bit stronger in one area than the, the Commodore and Falcon. So in a way, it's like GT racing where over the lap it'll even out, but uh, there are advantages to having one make over the other.
1: Mm. Of course, then it makes a, a big difference, Tony, what track you go to as to which one's the strongest, like we see in uh, almost touring car masters where you get to tracks and the Porsches once again come to the front of the field
4: yeah yeah um there's an enormous amount of work to be done before we get anywhere near um a race track because obviously they have to you know develop the engine program they've got to get the chassis done and uh, then start on the aero testing for all three of them in the uh new look car of the future so yeah it, it's interesting times i mean how much of the uh, cheaper chassis is going to be saved with the uh, money that's going to have to be spent in aero testing is going to be interesting because, you know, I mean, obviously they'll, they'll look to sticking on a, uh, a rolling road um, where they can put more than one car at a time, and that probably opens up to American testing, which means they're going to be flying cars to America. So, yeah, it's going to be expensive times ahead.
1: It is indeed. And, uh, whilst we're talking about things that are going to be different, I'm going to get on my high horse here, guys, because... This week we have seen a different for qualifying formula set out for the Trading Perth uh, trading Post Challenge over there in Perth. We're now going to see uh, two qualifying races, which in itself isn't a problem. Uh, sorry, not races, two qualifying sessions, which in itself isn't a problem. One with a soft tyre, one with a hard tyre, setting the grid for later in the day. It, those things on their face, not a problem, but... We are going further and further away to the goal V8 supercars we've been um, preaching is we need to make the racing understandable and comprehensible to the casual viewer. The changes over the last 18 months, Tom, in my view, have made it even more difficult for the interested viewer, let alone the casual viewer, even to comprehend. Are we getting too far away from simple racing?
5: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've always been a a fan of the one qualifying session. Uh, The next race is... uh, Sorry, race two for the weekend is determined by the results of race one, and so forth. But I don't actually mind this idea of having two qualifying sessions for two races. It makes a lot more sense than um, the fastest lap in the session, setting it for one time, and the second fastest lap in the session setting it for the next race and carrying the two and dividing by six and aggregate times in terms of um simplicity i feel that this is nearly a simple um structure for the weekend but i agree it could
1: be made simpler but even the fact that they're going to have two qualifying sessions in the morning you would think if you're going to try and keep sprouting the argument that each race is a standalone event in its own right you'd think you'd at least finish one race and then start the qualifying and the race for the next event. Tony? Yeah,
4: yeah, I I tend to agree with you there, Craig. Um, The one thing I think, really sad, it was an idea I put forward a, a best part of a year ago when we knew that they were building a new pit facility in Perth was to try something that they've done in NASCAR, and they still do, once a year, and that is include a pit stop. In a qualifying lap. I reckon it would be absolute crackerjack. And, you know, that uh, there it is, it would concentrate and even draw more attention on the fact there is a new pit facility and for the first time that, you know, include a pit stop, you know, four tyres, bingo and out you go and finish your lap. I think it would be fantastic if they did that.
3: Hmm. It,
4: it,
1: but it is... It, it. Do you agree with me? It seems like that supercars over the last 18 months has decided to make it more complicated, and and the argument that, oh, well, we needed to have a race winner on Saturday night to get in the Sunday papers, it's almost irrelevant, because you're still at the end of the weekend, even Tony Cochran, when we sit down at a press conference with him, tells the things, rounds, not events. He doesn't call them races, he still says they win the round. Clipsal, the winners on the Sunday, not the Saturday.
4: Yeah, it is bit messed up, and um, I mean, I I feel still that the series became became of age, really, when it went to uh, races, individual races, and not the uh, rounds anymore, so there are events, and they haven't bit the bullet and uh, gone the extra step on this sort of thing.
1: And uh, the bite the bullet is one race per weekend, isn't
4: it? Yeah, well, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think, you know, they have the opportunity to have a two-day event with the crowds that come on two days, and and all those sort of things that come with it. And I think that, you know, there's valid reasons. Our cars aren't like the uh, Champ cars or Formula One cars where they can back up again the next day. They're able to make the changes and the the, uh, uh, repairs to to get them back out there again. So, you know, there's valid reason to have two-day events and valid reason to to get uh, two days of crowds
1: uh, in there and and make it a decent event for that reason. Mm. I... Uh, sorry to leave you out of this conversation, Tom, but I know I'm pretty sure it was you, Tony, that uh, was down in pit Lane at the first Clipsal when everyone was packing up because they'd blown up or stuffed it in a wall
4: well, particularly di- Larry and Dick <laughs> <laughs> had both blown engines and um, wonderful moments and, and of course the rules were that um, if your car was damaged that way that you weren't going to be able to restart and they had a meeting and within a few hours after the end of the event suddenly Cochran was running up and down pit lane telling the boys on the cars you can work on the cars and some very cheeky young mechanics turning to Tony said, what do I do for Earth, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a job list. <laughs> <laughs> for a humorous moment.
1: That's why the the Eclipse of 500 became the Twin 250s though because they yeah. realized they needed to get all the cars out for both days. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tom, where yeah. do you think V8 supercars need to go to make that next step as as Tony put it? Well, uh-
5: that's, I think that's a tough one i mean i'm i'm not a, i'm still not sold on the idea of having events rather than rounds I've, um especially when there's so much confusion between the definition of round and events um individual races is one thing individual qualifying sessions again is 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 one thing but i, I think the idea of having one long race on the sunday uh, almost what NASCAR does is I guess the true definition of an event
1: mm. and of course why have we still got three races at Perth when we've got a brand new PIP facility? Isn't that the whole point of having a brand new PIP facility so that the format can be standardised?
4: Well I think it becomes a television thing over in Perth because of the time difference, the way in which they, uh, they want to run the event like uh... They do mm-hmm. you know historical thing probably I, I really don't know.
1: Mm. It is it is an interesting one which we can ponder during the ad break because we'll be back with more on the V8 Insiders right after this.
2: Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing.
0: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders.
1: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It's
0: Tom Worsley and Tony
1: Whitlock joining me, Craig Ravel. And uh, guys, interesting, late last week, the announcement that Malcolm Sweetenham has departed Dick Johnson Racing. And uh, one great thing that I think we all enjoyed about going down to speak to Malcolm was he would always tell you what's going on. He might tell you that you can't publish it, but he'd he wouldn't try and keep things under the table, which he knew well and good were already running rife up and down the pit lane. Tony?
4: Yeah. (laughs) I did speak to uh, Malcolm before he left. Um, Yeah, look, he told me some things that I certainly can't uh, repeat on air, but um, I'm very sorry to see Malcolm go, and I... uh, a strong suspicion that was very sorry to see him in go too. Mm. Um, he probably uh, said some things that, uh, while he may never regret them, it uh, may have been different if he hadn't said them mm. or written them.
1: Tom, where does this leave Dick Johnson Racing?
5: Well, I'm, uh, they haven't exactly had the strongest start to the year, and going to four cars I think was a bit ambitious given the, the close... Uh, the closing stages of last year for them. Uh, Until we know who the replacement is, uh, I think they're in limbo for a little while. Obviously, they're going to have uh, support from uh, Scott Jennings, who has spent time at, uh, who was very involved with Paul Morris Motorsport. But uh, I think probably a little bit of um, the blind leading the blind at, at Hamilton, as they try and find direction again, mm.
1: they they did have a direction though, Tony, didn't they? They did have a master plan, and obviously that doesn't change just because Malcolm's not there. They know what the end goal is; it's just how they're going to get to it.
4: Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, uh, while Dick certainly is not involved in the day to day running of it, you know, he's certainly got a. Uh, a savvy race brain. Um, Paul Morris is there as well, and you know provides certainly a a good input. I think um, their difficulty is probably going to be as to who's actually going to hold the reins. Um, you know there'll be guys there, guys like Richard Swan, who's a long-time uh, Dick Johnson and Stone Brothers uh, crew chief, and he's certainly playing a major role there, and will continue to do that. Um, They've got a lot of young guys, I mean one of the great problems the sport is facing in this country is that um, there's a major shortage of experienced and keen enthusiastic young blokes Um, and unfortunately um, young mechanics nowadays aren't willing to do it for the passion and love of the sport anymore. They want to be uh, remunerated and um, it's just very difficult to find those sort of guys. And, uh, you know, every team up and down pit lane Has found the difficulty of of finding those people
1: Mm. Of course, Wayne Caddick had been involved in the team After Charlie had left Do we think we're going to see Wayne coming back Into a higher profile role, perhaps, at DJR?
4: I shouldn't think so, no I shouldn't think so
1: as we move on, New Zealand last weekend, the second round of the V8 Super Tour is Tom and uh, interesting to see Fabian Coulthard back on the winners list and uh, this will give him a lot of confidence because it's been building ever since he's got to Brad Jones Racing, good results and, and now a win is just the shot in the arm that he will need coming over to Hamilton, his home event next outing.
5: So I think the uh, beginning of last year he was very strong in uh, leading up to Hamilton, he was even at Hamilton, was quite strong until he had that accident. So I think um, for Fabian Coulthard to win on New Zealand soil is going to give him a lot of confidence heading into Hamilton and also, I think, a sense of unfinished business from last year.
1: It is good to see Fabian get some wins because uh, he had that dark period at uh, HRT or Walkinshaw Performance, which, well, there's a few drivers that have had that same experience, Tony
4: was, that he was able to hop into one of the best, if not the very best, cars. Um, Greg Murphy and his team, including Paul Forgey as engineer, um were able to get uh, speed into their car, which they showed right from the start at uh, Hamilton, uh, Hampton Downs rather, and uh, Fabian was able to get into a fast car and keep it fast. Um, the great thing for New Zealand Supertours was that John McIntyre won. Now I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm in John's corner. I'll, I'll say that, you know not back away from it for one second, but it was fantastic that John was able to actually get in front of Fabian and stay in front, because it otherwise looked very bad for the series that here it was, a V8 supercar driver gets in, and bingo, um, for the second time in a row, you know, somebody's come from Australia, albeit a New Zealander, and uh, beaten everybody, so um, it was great for John, and also the fact that both Berto and Johnny Reed, um, uh, while New Zealanders are uh, blokes who are racing here in Carrera Cup and they were also at the very sharp end. Mm.
1: And uh, the Carrera Cup guys uh, are really uh, featuring quite well right across the different divisions of motorsport that they're putting their uh, arm at. Uh, we need to wrap it up here, guys, but uh, one before we go, I'm asking the question, should GRM get to run another international in their Permit car? Shouldn't he have to run an Australian to keep the balance right, Tom?
5: I think it would be great to see another international in the car. By definition, it's uh, an international event. Well, it would be a truly international entry, and um, I think by that stage you'll have the confidence and knowledge of the series that it won't make a difference.
1: Tony.
4: Yeah, look, I reckon it'd be absolutely ace if we got his A1GP partner, Nicholas Lapierre, in there. <laughs> they were fantastic in A1GP in the year they 10506, I think it was. They were absolutely ace, and it'd be great to put them back together again. Um, Gary should be rewarded, and um, the fact that he had the courage to put a a Frenchman in, and uh, already showing—I mean, you know—the fact that uh, last qualifying was eleventh, fabulous stuff. Um, Premet showed right from the start that he would uh, be—he'd be up there. And uh, Michael as well. I mean, you know, Michael had been languishing behind Alexander uh, for a number of the qualifying sessions and the races, but he put in the drive of his year so far in that Sunday race to come from 22nd, I think it was, to 7th. So GRM, you know, is certainly on the rise, and uh, let him have a couple of internationals in that car.
1: Mm. It's going to be an interesting problem that they're faced with when they've got uh, so many people that... Alex would then open the door to being available to them just on the basis that over in Europe they know Alex and if Alex is driving the car it must be all right. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. We hope you enjoy the Hamilton, uh, the final Hamilton race. I, I might get a thought from both of you, knowing that this is the final one and there's talk, that we're returning to Pukekohe in the, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, firstly, Tom, you enjoyed the event there last year. What are your thoughts on this one being the last one?
5: Uh, I'm a fan of traditional circuits, so I'd be very happy to see it go back to Pukekohe, and I, if it does, I'll be straight
4: over on that plane.
1: <laughs> Tony...
4: Oh, look, I mean, yeah, Hamilton itself, it, 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 um, the city was, it took the, to the uh, event, maybe not quite the same way Townsville does or, say, um, um, Adelaide does, but it certainly embraced it, and um, there are a whole bunch of reasons why, unfortunately, it, f- it failed financially. Um, it would be terrific to go back to Pooke. It's a great track. It's a long history of motorsport there going back to the early 60s and certainly uh, it's a challenging track, far more than Hamilton is. Hamilton is uh, keeping off the walls. Pookie, it's uh, making sure that you uh, take the high-speed corners and uh, do a good job there. It would be great to uh, see New Zealand uh, continue on the V8 supercars. I can't see it not happening, and certainly Pookie uh, offers a great alternative. Mm.
3: Well,
1: we look forward to seeing how it all turns out in a couple of weeks' time, but till then, thanks very much to Tony Whitlock and Tom Worsley for joining us here on the show. Thank you. On the White Flag lap this week, we speak to Jamie Wing Cup. After the break, I hope you'll stay with us.
2: You've taken the V8 of the races. you watch watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly.
1: You're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, joining us on the line is the winner at Tasmania in race number four, Jamie Wincup. Jamie So far this year, you've gone for the uh, 11 degree of difficulty to take your wins, a three-stop strategy at Clipsal, a spin and win at Tassie. Don't you just like winning races these days without having to put some extra hurdles in front of you? Yeah, I I like the
3: sound of that. You're you're definitely right. We've um, we've certainly done it the hard way, the two victories this year. One... uh one, we as you say, the three-stop strategy, which uh, requires just absolutely flat out from everyone until um, the last lap. And, and of course, I managed to do good for myself. Uh, and Tazzy with a with a spin halfway through the race. But at the end of the day, we win to win, and we're um, we're proud to have uh, won fifty percent
1: so far. Now, Will Davison has been a very close friend of yours right throughout your racing career. You two are at the moment battling at the top of the tree. What does it mean to have? such a close mate with you in a battle like this? Um, well, you know, hey, we're, of course, we're, we're really good mates off
3: track. We, we lived together for a couple of years, but it um, doesn't come into play on track. You know, we're we we're bit of rivalries. We, we grew up breaking go karts together, and we, uh, we work hard to beat each other, but then we, we play a fair game at the same time. So it's good, you know, it's... Uh... If myself and my teammate can't win, i I'm probably uh, going for, for Will to set the
1: victory. Now that you've got three championships in the bag, you've made the decision to stay in V8, what goals are you setting yourself now to go on for the next few years?
3: Yeah, hey, that's an interesting one, of course. I'm, uh, I'm committed in Australia, I love to be in Supercar Championship. I love Australia and the country. Uh, like I feel like I've set myself up reasonably well here, so um, I didn't want to throw that away. But um, It's a good question to ask. What are the goals? What are the motivations? Um, of course, so we've got cars that coming on next year, which will be fantastic. know, completely new car, new challenges. So um, that, that's probably the biggest one that I'm really looking forward to.
1: How many championships do you think you can realistically win in your career?
3: I'm not a great person, you know, of course I'm, I'm going to go out there and try to win as many as I can but um, it doesn't, uh, That, that number's not a not a big motivator for me, it's just, you know, they're having some fun and trying to win some
1: races You have a very interesting dynamic with the team and uh, with Craig Lowndes in particular knowing that you two are together, how does that help settle down what you can plan for over that period?
3: Yeah, we feel like we work really well together. We feel like uh, we both bring a uh, different kind of feedback that the to do their job. Um I think it's a good to see some sort of philosophy to the same thing. So, uhm, looking forward to the next three years today. You we know, plan to be both local
1: like, friends and, uh, see anything i to, any uh, to be a Alright, Jamie, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and, we look forward to seeing you on the streets of Hamilton in a few weeks' time. Yeah, no, thank you very much.
3: Cheers. My
1: thanks to Jamie Wincup, also to Tom Worsley and to Tony Whitlock as the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling
2: and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on V8X.com.au.